When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with me, your host, Stephen Wallace, this week just before the start of National Racehorse Week, which begins on Saturday the 9th of September. In this podcast, you will be hearing from the trainer who came up with the idea of National Racehorse Week, Richard Phillips, who is our main guest, along with trainers Kim Bailey from Cheltenham and Ilka ganzera Levesque from Newmarket, plus stud owner Eileen Hart from Essex, who are all opening their doors to the general public to enlighten them about our wonderful industry. Richard will be going into detail about this key week for the racing industry, while Ilka, Kim and Eileen will be explaining why they are all passionate about the project and how much they all love the racehorse. I'm immensely proud of, of, of what we do and the way we look after our horses. And I think it's really important we show off what we do to the general public. So we want to engage with people that might not know the industry very well. And we want to open the doors to show them what a wonderful working environment that there we have and the amazing way the horses are looked after. They were a couple of short clips from Kim and Eileen to give you a feel of their love for the racehorse. But let's hear from Richard before the start of National Racehorse Week. Hello, Richard. Welcome to the Paddock and the Pavilion to chat about National Racehorse Week. Well, thank you very much for inviting me on. I'm delighted to chat about my favourite subject. Well, are you ready then for your favourite subject, uh, the week commencing the Saturday the 9th and finishing on Sunday the 17th of September? Well, as ready as we ever be, but I think when I first came up with the idea of National Racehorse Day, what I wanted it to be was a celebration and a bit of fun. So I hope we're not going to stop it from being that. But um, yeah, we're, we're opening our doors to about 100 people on Saturday morning who are going to have an insight to see how racehorses are trained. And in the last couple of years uh, of National Racehorse Week, we've had about 300 guests 
just to kind of see the horses around the yard. But I thought this year we'd do something different. So there's 100 people going to be on the gallops, seeing the horses exercised and also seeing various professionals, including exercise physiologists and dentists and masseurs and physiotherapists and farriers doing their bit. So um, hopefully it'll be interesting to the general public. Oh, lots to see and do. And on this podcast, we're going to hear from two trainers and a stud owner. Uh, when and when and why did you come up with the idea of National Racehorse Week? Well, um, as I've told a few people before, I, I, as a vet, a friend of mine who once said to me, um, do you ever go on to National Trainers Federation meetings? And he said, and I said, no, I don't really do committees. He said, well, people like you don't do it, then racing, especially jump racing, is going to be in trouble because he said um, he's on international committees and things. Uh, Australians and Americans, they don't really understand too much about jump racing because they don't have a great history of jump racing in those countries. And he said that jump racing needs to be pushed forward a bit more because um, people need to know uh, what a popular sport it is. And um, it's not as international as flat racing. So with that in my mind, I thought, you say, we should turn up these meetings. So I thought I should go to one of those National Trains Federation meetings. And on my way there, it was National Nut Day. And I thought to myself, well, why don't we have National Racehorse Day? Uh, and the previous day, I'd, re- I'd read in the paper that Taylor Swift was going to sing at the Melbourne Cup. Uh, but she got a bit of abuse off her Twitter followers saying that, you know, racing is um, not the most moral sport, that they thought it was a cruel sport because there unfortunately been some fatalities in the Melbourne Cup, um, which, of course, nobody um, can ever sort of be anything other than um, upset about. But it is true. There had been some, and it's a flat race in, in, a, in Melbourne, and it's one of the biggest races in the world, and it's got incredible following. But uh, I read this, and I thought, well, well, if this is what people think, you know, we need to do something about it. If young people who don't know about it, I don't mind people not being a supporter of the sport if they've seen the facts and know how racehorses are, are treated and they still don't, don't approve the sport, I accept that. But if they don't know, I think we should go on the front foot and show people that basically racehorses have the life that human beings should have. And uh, so from that, um, I put forward the idea of National Racehorse Day. I saw the edge of the Racing Post um, at, a, at a function in Cheltenham, and I said, I've got an idea, Tom Kerr, of uh, National Racehorse Day. So would you like to write an article about it? So I wrote an article in Racing Post, and it seemed to get a lot of um, support. And to be fair, the BHA, uh, uh, they got in contact straight away, the British Horse Racing Authority, and said, yeah, we like your idea, how can we bring it forward? So from then we had workshops and little meetings and Zooms and it developed and the first National Racehorse Week was, uh, as I say, um, two years ago. This is the third year running. So um, And it's gradually getting bigger and better. And it's a great way to basically open up the doors of racing. Um, I think 120 trainers are opening their doors, many studs, many rehoming centres. There's lots of community engagement for the people who can't open their yards for various reasons. They're going out to the community or inviting the community to their stables um, so that more and more people will know that a racehorse has a pretty good life and that, you know, what people do for racehorses and what racehorses do for people should be broadcast and we should actually be proud of it. So what's the most important message you're trying to put across during the week? 
I think the message is that, um, you know, we're all concerned with welfare. And my, what I really want is people to walk into yards or uh, to engage with studs or rehoming centres or community engagement. And I think I want people to realise that um, as soon as you walk into a yard or meet a racehorse, people can tell if they're content or if they've got a good life or not. And you know, I'm a lucky lad. I was brought up in Surrey um, near Epsom Racecourse. And at the age of six, I saw racehorses on the racetrack and I was to walk to start, the Derby start, you know, the Epsom Derby, the greatest race in the world in many respects. And I was hooked at the age of six. And I'm sure if a lot of young people came in and walked in the yards and actually not had experience of actually seeing these animals close up, you know, you can't kid a kidder. You know, they'll know straight away whether or not they're having their content horses or happy. And I think what I've really been pleased about the last couple of years, we've had, as I say, 300 guests each year. And when they walk into the yard and they see these horses, they the horses just engage with people straight away. And I think people are amazed how friendly, content uh, these horses are. And they wouldn't be if they weren't well looked after. And I think the one message I want to get across is the fact that, you know, Everyone in racing, to a man and a woman, is absolutely obsessed with the welfare of animals. And we, we don't want anything other than the best treatment for all animals. But there are other problems in the world that need to be focused on rather than racehorses' lives. So when it comes to people not supporting racing and not thinking it's a sport that should be supported and possibly might be immoral, I think I want to change the mind of people who are basically have not experienced it and basically when they have experienced it i want them to think you know resources have a great life and also to tell other people so i want that experience to happen and i think we've got thirteen thousand people coming over the week visiting yards etc and having that experience and those thirteen thousand people i hope will go away with a good experience and go and tell others as well so that's why i really want people to know it's the fact that don't worry about resources and in fact um us humans should learn a lot from how racehorses looked after and i'd love them to go away and think well actually i personally should have a fitness program a balanced diet 24-hour care private medical health care um i should be a member of a gym i should be having physio regularly i should be having all these things that racehorses have because i'll be a healthy human being if i did and i really would like them to go away with that message that's very well put there richard when when do plans begin for 2023 or do they never do they never sort of stop with 2022 and 2021 and every year well i'm pleased to be on a a steering group um uh, as i said committees i'm not a fan of but i must admit that the racing is really coming together hopefully on this because it is the celebration of the thoroughbred racehorse and you can't deny that's a good thing if you didn't want to celebrate racehorse then you're in the wrong game but luckily uh i know all very busy people but luckily it does seem to be something that people can really get round to agreeing on and working together on. So I'm very pleased that gradually over the years, in the last two or three years, we're getting more and more take up, more and more people um, are getting behind this. Uh, so it's trainers, jockeys, owners, stable staff, uh, farriers, vets, um, race goers, uh, race courses, all, all those massive group of people that basically support what is over a four billion pound industry to Britain. all those people involved are getting around the fact that yeah for one week of the year we need to celebrate the racehorse 
and we used to show Britain actually how and the world how good we are looking after these animals. So I think that the that that message is getting across. So I'm pleased to say it's a build up, and I'm pleased to say I'm on a steering group that is never stopping of thinking of ways to push it forward. And I suspect once the 17th of September is over, we'll be learning lessons and looking on the 18th of September what we're going to do in 2024 and for the years to come. Well, talking of trainers, uh, let's begin by hearing from Cheltenham Gold Cup winning and Grand National winning trainer, Kim Bailey. And this is what he had to say about National Racehorse Week. Well, I think it's very good for the industry. And I take my hat off to Richard Phillips for organising or co-supporting the whole situation. Um, I, you know, the first year we had we struggled to get thirty people turn up, um, and then last year we doubled that, and this year we've opened it up completely. Um, I, I've always been a, a great advocate that there's no such thing as a, as a as a gate at the end of my drive, and people can drive up anytime they like. If anybody ever e- emails me or rings me and says, "Can they have a look round?" I'll always say yes. Um, I'm immensely proud of, of of what we do and the way we look after our horses, and I think it's really important we show off what we do to the general public. Because there's a definite air of mystery about racehorse trainers. Um, and, um, you know, gone are the days when um, I like to think that we are unapproachable and we are approachable. Um, and I think people can come up now and talk to a racehorse trainer um, and, 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 you know, be involved with the whole, whole situation with, without a worry. You know, I get back some years ago when there was a couple of people parked at the end of my drive and um, my staff went past them and they said, well, what is this? And they said, it's a racehorse trainer. And they, uh, they said, oh, that's interesting. And they said, if you drive up the drive, Mr. Bailey will show you around. They drove up the drive. They were, they were a, a couple of Aussies um, and they had never been to a racing yard in their life. And they anyway, they, they, they came around, thoroughly enjoyed themselves and went back to Sydney and, and whatever. Um, and then bizarrely, um, they were having dinner one, one day in, in a restaurant. I think Angus Gold was on the next door table talking about horses. And they brought it up and said, oh, would you know Kim Bailey? And they said, he said, yes, because I've known Angus for ages. And so we had the most wonderful experience. We couldn't believe we could just walk into someone's office and be shown around the yard. We'd never forgotten him. So you think it makes a difference? I, I think it helps. I mean, I, you know, we get a lot of abuse. Um, trainers, every time something goes badly, um, a horse runs badly or, you know, God forbid a horse gets injured. Um, the emails and telephone calls we get are, are horrendous. Um, and uh, um, I don't think people really believe what we what we talk about. But, I mean, it, it's pretty shocking when you get people threatening to kill your family and burn your stables down. And, you know, we all know it's usually some person who's lost a fiver and, and, and that's a way of getting out, venting their, energy, their anger. But I also... You know, I, I, I've had people in the past who who really have pestered me and given me a very very hard time, and 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 when they've made a mistake of not of not withholding their number, and I've managed to get them, um, I've always got them to apologise. Um, but they hide behind fake emails and they hide behind withheld telephone numbers, and they can be as abusive as they like. Makes you realise what a politician must go through. But um, um, so I think by opening the doors, it gives everybody a chance to see actually really what goes on and the love and attention these horses get. Um, and the people involved in the sport, um, the people who work in the sport and everybody else involved in any direction of the sport, the care that goes and the love that goes with it is is huge. Remind me, Richard, how many trainers have you got um, involved and in? are they all around the country? Yeah, I think it's really important that um, throughout Britain, um, Wales, Scotland and England, um, there's many, many racehorse trainers at 
in each of those countries and throughout Britain. And I'm pleased to say that regionally there's, if you go onto nationalracehorseweek.uk, you'll see all the places are open. I think they're near enough full, but please do check um, because obviously we can't um, we have to register to go turn up because, you know, we don't have the facilities to have thousands of people visiting. But by having a um, website, which was kindly sponsored by the Peter O'Sullivan Trust, so Sir Pedro Sullivan, the great race course, com- race course commentator, BBC commentator, and uh, uh, one of the few people that um, through the decades that non-racing lovers would know the name of Sir Peter. He was a great man, a great commentator, a great broadcaster, and a great lover of horses, uh, particularly the racehorse. And I think he'd be particularly delighted. Uh, he passed away a few years ago now, but he'd be del- particularly delighted that his trust has... Um, basically sponsored the website which by going on that website you'll be able to seek a place wherever you live in britain you put your postcode in it'll tell you a stable or a stud or a retraining center near you where you could visit uh, and also from that we can find out what we really want to do is not just racing fans turning up we want all sorts of people throughout britain turning up whether you've been to a race course in your life or you've been seen a racehorse before or not we want as many people as possible and i think 87 percent of business last year had not had a regular association with racing so we're really keen on getting people who have not necessarily been to a racing yard before to go and visit so um by going on that website nationalracehorseweek.uk you'll see a lot of action on there and a lot of ways to get involved that's important isn't it to get people who are not connected with racing to either the care and attention given to horses absolutely and i think it's how you do that um uh, and when I first sort of came up with the idea, well, one of the reasons I wanted to do it is not only that, but also members of parliament. I think it's a huge opportunity to invite members of parliament from whatever party, um, because they, I think, be amazed how many of the electorate are involved in racing, have an interest in racing, can have a share in a racehorse. You don't have to have millions of pounds. Um, you can have a share a successful racehorse for 40 quid these days or something like that. So there's so many people uh, who are involved and love the sport. And I really am keen to get as many people from outside the industry and the MPs of, of Britain to actually get an invitation to a yard and visit a yard. And I was privileged enough to be invited yesterday to BHA, the British Horse Racing Authority, at a reception the racing industry, um, showing all the good things that are going on within the industry when it comes to the welfare of horses and humans and a lot of MPs in attendance yesterday and I think it's something we can really build on and there's a lot of discussion at the moment about prize money and the levy and also the the gambling commission but I hope we all recognise that this is a really important sport for the country and not only a sport it's an industry and we're talking about people's lives here that um, are improved and changed by the thoroughbred racehorse so Celebrating the race was a very important thing, and you can do that throughout Britain. And I think only by getting people who are not involved in the sport and MPs who might not know about the sport involved will we improve the situation. Yes, because many years ago, the <coughs> MPs, many of them would have had horses themselves. Well, I should say that. Um, this is a fascinating thing. Um, I think the public don't know um, how much of a connection with a lot of people they know have with a horse race. So, for instance, Winston Churchill, one of the most famous people in history. Um, his father owned an Oaks winner. Um, Sir Winston also rode winners in point-to-points, and he bred some very good horses. He had a stud himself, 
and he had a horse called Colonist II. He was a, a great influence on his life and the thoroughbred's life. And um, the winner of our Guess the Weight of a Racehorse competition on Saturday morning will receive a bottle of Paul Roger champagne, which is Sir Winston Churchill's favourite champagne. And I'm giving a bottle of that particularly so I can mention the fact that Winston Churchill was a great lover of racing. Simon Cowell has owned a Derby winner. Did you know that? He was a member of the Royal, Race, Royal Ascot Racing Club, a motivator who won the Derby a few years ago, trained by Michael Bell, uh, ridden by Johnny Murta. Uh, that horse skated home in the Epsom Derby, and I think there were 400 owners of that, including Simon Cowell. Anton Deck went owners of racehorses in the past. Uh, Dame Judy Dench. You know, some of the great people of Britain uh, love and support racing, and I think it's one of the things about National Racehorse Week is to get that across, that do you really think Dame Judy Dench or Simon Cowell, a lover of dogs, would ever be involved in sport if he thought that their horses were not kept to the highest standard of welfare? No way. So. The more we get that message across, the more we're going to win fans, more fans in racing. Well, Dame Judy um, owned uh, the winner of the Lincoln Handicap, I think. Yes, absolutely. Um, trained by Mark Tompkins, I think. Um, but, yeah, um, but yeah, Dame Judy um, loves racing. And uh, I know people who know her well. And she loves a day out at Lingfield. And she was quoted as saying she wanted to teach her grandchildren two things how to drink champagne and how to place a bet so that's not most politically correct statement but we all love dame judy yes we all love dame judy another trainer opening up for national racehorse week is new market based ilka ganzera levesque who has a fine art gallery and she's also staging an education day on saturday the 16th of september and this is what ilka had to say what have you got planned at St. Wendred's in Newmarket at the home of horse racing? I'm, I have planned that the, the gallery is going to be open every evening from 5 to 7 p.m. So that'll be in a nice setting. Come and look at the art. We have that um, international array of artists and we have, you know, we specialize in equine art and, or, you know, horse racing in art. So like a type of sporting art, but we also have wildlife art still life landscapes seascapes you know nature and it's art that makes you feel good and um also the beauty and hard work those are the two main things in the art and then i have saturday the 16th i'm going to do a traditional open day but usually we do them in the mornings but i'm going to do them like during evening stables when there's stuff going on and i've called it the education day because we're going to have a talk about um horse head anatomy and all the bidding aspects of having bits and horses mouths. And then I'm having my physio do a demo um, and also answer questions of the public. And then um, on the Sunday, I'm doing my charity day for uh, with and for tickets for troops. And the art gallery is going to be open during National Racehorse Week between 5 and 7 p.m. in the evening. Yeah, I thought that would be nice for people to pop in. So to pop in, have the look, have a look at the art, have a chat see the horses it's kind of like towards the end of evening stables by you know by seven evening stables is always over but like kind of like towards the end and then like people can pop in after work or something like that and and just uh wander around have a look we have three beautiful gallery spaces different than your regular high street gallery um it's a good setting and it's a relaxed setting it's a nice atmosphere 
it makes people, you know, just come and look and, and take in the beauty. And the education day that includes Olivier Turner and Catherine Stevens. Yeah, Catherine Stevens is my regular physio. Um, she's also taken part already in previous open days that we've had. You know, she's always invited to every event I do. Uh, sometimes I put her to work. She, yeah, she's always been a great supporter of the yard. She's been part of almost every horse's journey in my yard. So yeah, she'll be here as a great person to ask questions. And, and she has such a, you know, she used to be a pediatric um, physiotherapist at Addenbrooke's running the, the ship there. And um, she has that ACPAT accreditation. So that's like human and equine. And then, um, and then Olivia Turner is a person I, she's a bidding expert and a behavioral expert and uh, also a great person to pick the brains of. Important for racing fans and people that don't follow racing to find out about these things and again illustrate the care that the horses receive yeah it'll be interesting to see who comes because i have no idea who booked because it is a this is a it's free but it's you're supposed to like book your space so i i have no idea because it's going through the other through the national racehorse week platform so maybe there'll be a bunch of strangers, maybe there'll be familiar faces, but there's something for everybody, whether, you know, it's something from the bidding talk. If you're a horse owner yourself, you know, it, it'll apply to you just as well as it applies to racehorses. And, and you'll have an opportunity to speak to Olivia directly. Maybe you have concerns of your own or um, you're working on some kind of issue with your horse. So that'll be great. And then the same with Catherine, um, you know, it, it'll muscles and and tensions and issues like uh, whether you're the rider or the horse you know it'll be there'll be a lot of take-home messages for anybody from any walk of life on the last day of national racehorse week this sunday the 17th of september you also have a charity day for a charity quite close to your heart yeah it's a charity called tickets for troops i i told uh, national racehorse week organizers i i'll I'll do a charity event as long as it's for the armed forces. And then they suggested uh, tickets for troops. And then I'm glad to be a part of that and be opening my doors to to them. So it's going to be great. To end, uh, Ilka, how much are you looking forward to being part of National Racehorse Week? Well, like I said, it's a new thing for me. And I'm really, I think it's very well organized. They have a, a good website and um, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I'm and seeing who's going to show up here. Education, that's very important for National Racehorse Week, Richard. It really is. And I think it's right at the root of it all, really, is the fact that uh, education sometimes doesn't have a great image, but it can be enormous fun learning about things. And um, we are basically trying to educate both the young, old and the middle-aged about our sport. Um, and for people to know the facts, really, that, you know, 99.5% of horses um, do not have a serious injury or a fatality on a racetrack. We always want to limit it to, you know, to the minutest detail. But inevitably, in life, uh, um, there will be, unfortunately, fatalities. Um, but in nature, there would be more fatalities than that. And 
I want the public to be educated in the fact that enormous uh, measures are taken, uh, both on the racetrack and both at home in their training, to make sure that they are given the best possible treatment at all times, whatever the situation. Um, so on a racetrack, for instance, they're surrounded by professional vets throughout. And if I'm being frank with you, uh, one of the most upsetting parts of my life was to see one horse that, unfortunately, um, during the during a night, um, ran through a fence. And I was not there when the accident happened, and no one was because it was in the middle of the night. On a racetrack, that situation would have been dealt with immediately, and the horse would not have suffered. Uh, unfortunately, the horse in question, in nature, did suffer. So I, I think you know people can make their own judgment about that. But I think once the general public know the efforts that go into and the the incredible levels of welfare that are given to racehorses, I think they'll be very satisfied that the industry, the sport, is doing everything it can. So education is enormously important. And as I say, hopefully on Saturday morning, one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing is that I've got Dr. George Wilson, a great Liverpudlian. Uh, He's a great musician. Uh, He worked for Martin Pipe and Josh Gifford, two great trainers. He was amateur rider to both. And he's now a doctor of exercise physiology, uh, both human and equine. Uh, he's dealt a lot with jockeys, and a lot of jockeys go and see him about dealing with their health, about their controlling their weight and their fitness. And he also uses heart monitors on racehorses and got us to do the same. And on Saturday morning in our yard, we'll be having heart monitors on some of the horses to make sure that they are fit and healthy. And um, again, I want the public to ed- be educated in the fact that when these racehorses actually get onto racetrack, the enormous effort has gone into making sure these horses don't go on the track unless they're fit and healthy. And as I said before, um, if only we treated humans as well. Another part of racing opening its doors during National Racehorse Week is studs. And uh, I spoke to Eileen Hart, a stud farm owner with her husband, Keith, in Essex. And this is what Eileen had to say about National Racehorse Week. So we want to engage with people that might not know the industry very well. And we want to open the doors to show them what a wonderful working environment that there we have and the amazing way the horses are looked after. So it feels like some people think it's quite a closed industry. That's the impression we get. So this week, National Racehorse Week, is an amazing opportunity to open the doors and to extend a welcome to people who, as I said, are may not be involved with the industry, but they like horses and they just want to see a bit more of what goes on. What have you got planned for, for your day? So for our day, we are a stud farm. So we are in the middle of sales preparation. So getting yearlings ready to go to the sales, mainly in October. So we're going to just parade some of those yearlings and explain what we're doing, the process of getting them ready for the sales. Um, So it'd be very much like a working day at a stud farm for this time of the year. And just a little bit of background information about how a horse gets from being a foal to the race course. I guess you've done this in previous years of National Racehorse Week. How have you found the reaction from the, the public? 
Well, interestingly, Stephen, this is our first time to open the doors. We moved to this farm recently, so um, we're very excited to be involved with this initiative, which we think is just wonderful. And we have had some open events in the past, and we're always really pleased with the feedback and the way people have been quite shocked at the five-star treatment horses get. And that's really what we want to show is we want to show how well these horses are cared for. You sound really enthusiastic about uh, your event on the 13th. Yeah, I really can't wait. Um, I mean, it's a bit daunting because I don't know the people that are coming. So normally I'd have a guest list and invitations sent out. But this is very much an open door to anybody who wants to come and see what happens at a stud farm during this time of year. But I'm also really excited to introduce people to our industry, show them around and answer any questions that they might have. With sales coming up, it's a, it's, it's a good time to be able to show people what goes on at a stud farm. Yeah, it is really. I mean, a lot of people are under the impression that we just foal mares and have, you know, lovely, cute babies running around. But the season is 12 months now. There's always something going on. And the work never really relents. So it's, yeah, any time of year is a good time to come and see the farm. And it's different whatever time you come during the year. There'll be something different happening, which I think is great as well. How important is the week for the racing industry, especially in this current environment? So being in the industry for so many years, it's it's hard for me to understand that people think anything differently about the welfare of our horses. And I think opening the doors is a great opportunity for us to show how well they're cared for. And as you mentioned, you know, there are have been incidents this year and we just need to be more open about what happens behind the doors. And I think we're a very, very good industry at doing that. Um, and I just think it's an opportunity for people to ask questions and, you know, all of those things that might be niggling them about racing and about breeding. And because we have the answers and we can tell them from a professional, from a welfare point of view, um, how this industry looks after their horses and it's a great opportunity for us to be able to do that. It's a real week when racing can showcase uh, the industry. Yeah, it's a super opportunity. And I was personally overwhelmed with the amount of people that wants to come to a small stud farm in Essex. And so I have 40 guests coming and I'm just thrilled that people have logged on to the website and the National Racehorse Week website and found different places to go and visit and I really applaud everyone who's opened up their farms and training yards for this week because I think it's a really brilliant opportunity for us to showcase what we do and to show how much we care for the horse and how the priority that we put the horse's welfare at. How many studs have you got open uh, Richard? Well the time of National Racehorse Week is deliberate in the fact that it is um, the second week of September because when it comes to uh, flat yards and jumping yards the horses obviously look 
great their condition. The jump horses are just getting their fitness together for the beginning of the jump season proper when the ground eases in October, November. The flat horses have been on the go probably since March or April, but still look great in their coats. One problem is that with the stud world, that uh, a lot of um, studs um, throughout Britain are preparing young horses for sales. And so it doesn't suit all studs to, to open their yards. It is, to some studs, an opportunity to actually invite the public in to see the foals and the yearlings and the broodmares, etc., and the stallions um, doing their thing, as it were, uh, and an opportunity to see um, yearlings uh, be prepared and for, for yearling preparation. And also, I know st- stud st- stud, some stud owners are looking forward to the fact that they've got a small gathering coming so that they're um yearlings who are then going to be sold in the next few months have the opportunity and the education to to be paraded in front of a group of people so but it's not ideal timing for the stud world um it's a very very busy time of year for them but i'm delighted that some of them are opening and the ones that can't open are certainly doing something i, I made a point when i first came up with the idea not everyone's expected to open and do it, but as long as everyone does something and um some of the studs are just doing other things, community engagements, for instance. They can't necessarily have huge amounts of people, but they can invite various communities to their yards. Um, for instance, September is um, a coffee morning for the Macmillan Nursing. So, you know, there's lots of ways that um, the thoroughbred breeding industry can help. And I'm delighted to say they are. And I think that is something that will build up over the coming uh, years. You mentioned community there. And, uh, I've got a quote from Natalie O'Rourke, who's been on this podcast on several occasions, the owner of um, Park Lane Stables. And uh, this is what she said. uh, National Racehorse Week really bridges the gap between us and the racing industry. It allows the people that attend our centre to get a glimpse of the inside of the racing industry. And I know you just mentioned about uh, visits that – some of the the members of Park Lane Stables last year went to Richard Hannon's yard. Yes, I mean, delighted to say that Park Lane are a great a group of people are doing some great work. And uh, a young a young member of the team there who I met uh, at a community engagement get together at Ascot Racecourse a few months ago came to us on work experience recently, and I'm pleased to say that he's due to have an interview at the British Racing School soon. And hopefully, there's a young man that's going to come into the industry and have a great career. So Park Lane Stables doing a great job. But again, very important that, um, you know, I didn't come from a racing background. My father was a civil servant in my talk. You don't have to come from a racing background. I find the racing people to be very, very open and honest and welcoming. And I want other people to realise that. And so uh, I'm delighted to welcome people from city life, town life, into the countryside or wherever these racehorses are trained to show them what we do and to give them the opportunity to to see the way racehorses are trained. And maybe that might be uh, a good career for a lot of young people who would otherwise never been exposed to the racing industry. So Part A Stables and alike uh, are involved and we'd like to get them involved. And we want more and more of them involved because we realise there's so many people in Britain who, if they were exposed to the wonderful life of the thoroughbred racehorse, they'd not only want to follow that industry that might well want to work in it yeah i think spreading the gospel of racing to big towns and cities is is crucial 
absolutely is and um and i think there's been for no one particular fault there has been a bigger divide between city and countryside over the last few decades and i'm very keen to um try and bridge that gap and um i'm i'm really pleased with how national racehorse week has tried to connect through cities and i thought sure there's lots of other ideas and ways we can do that for instance you know there's so many footballers who like horse racing um and you know a lot of people don't know that you know well mick shannon from our decades uh is now a racehorse trainer and he was a top footballer a lot of england footballers john henderson's uh, michael owens they they have racehorses and love the sport and i think if a lot of young people knew that they that's the sort of connection that people want and once they see that, they think, well, oh, maybe it's something I'd like to try or witness and see how we get on. And I think um, if we've got those sort of advocates involved, that helps that bridging that gap between city and countryside. Of course, going back, we had race race courses at places like Manchester and Birmingham, which did connect city yes. people to, to the racehorse. Absolutely. And, um, you know, interestingly, Kempton is not very far from London and, uh, I always wonder why we don't get more um, racegoers going to these places near near um, near cities. But um, if we use our imagination and enthusiasm, I'm sure we can increase it. Very important to make the sport as inclusive as possible to everyone in the country. It's there's a, a book written by Kate Fox, an anthropologist, that was commissioned, I think, by the BHB, the British Horse Racing Board, as it was then. Uh, who I think did some work for Tony Blair in in the previous previously or since right this book called the Racing Tribe, and if you ever read that book, the Racing Tribe racing came across very well in the Racing Tribe because it looked as though there were lots of barriers, but there weren't. Um, you know, when you go racing, you can you don't have to have a bet, but if you do have two pounds on a horse, you can be a winner. Whereas the billionaire has had two million pounds worth of yearling or two year old run around the field and come last. It's a great level of the sport. And if you get involved and start to understand it, um, you realise that the barriers aren't there and that you really can, you know, the, the common theme is the racehorse. And whoever you are, whatever background you come from, however much money you have in your wallet, it really does come down to the racehorse and how much you like it and how much you're interested in it. And people don't recognise what car you've turned up in and what clothes you're wearing. Racehorses don't at all recognize any of that what they recognize is they they like they sense people who like them and so you can come from any background and love racehorses so to wind up uh, today's show how excited are you now about next week well anyone who knows me now i'm not the type to get excited i like to concentrate hard on making it the best possible experience so when it's all over there'll be a sense of relief for one year and then we start again for the next but i am very pleased to see the industry grabbing hold of the idea and there's a lot of people making a huge amount of effort i think the trainers of britain have been brilliant in uh, embracing this idea and i think others are following so um excited i'll probably excited at the end of it but during it i'll be concentrating on making sure that we do everything we can to get the message across because we're passionate about celebrating a racehorse and all the good things that humans do for racehorses and equally all the great things racehorses do for humans because when it comes to mental health and 
and other such problems in society, undoubtedly, you know, I'm very lucky to be a trustee of a, a charity called Heroes, which brings young people from disadvantaged backgrounds into education between the age of 11 and 15. And instead of going to um, a normal educational school, they work with racehorses, ex racehorses. They also learn English and maths uh, in a classroom very close to the stables and go back to look after horses and some people are just made to work with animals and i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who if they're surrounded by animals uh especially the racehorse such a gentle and wonderful beast i'm sure their lives would be improved and that's ultimately the message we want to put across and one thing that national racehorse can can do is potentially reach more and more people Yes, and that's why it's really important that those within the industry tell everyone else. And we've got to reach out not just to the racing people, but to all sports and to the parliament and to the media that we are basically um, an open sport, ready to be examined, but proud and basically realise that Britain a fine or a fine example of how um animals should be treated and the welfare of animals and as i say treating them probably better than we do humans so i think we should be proud and on the front foot of showing that to all people in britain thank you richard remind us of the dates and where we can find information about national racehorse week well again saturday this saturday night of September, running through to the 17th of September, and nationalracehorseweek.uk is the website you can go to, and you'll see lots of information of how you can get involved there. And also, uh, there's the Henry Cecil weekend at Newmarket. Newmarket is the um, basically the home of racing in Britain, and they have a special weekend the following weekend. So if you do miss out on the 9th to 17th, you can always go to Newmarket. They've got a fantastic weekend. They've got racing. They've got yards open. They've got lots of interesting things going on for the public over a two-day period. So the following weekend, after, after the 17th, 16th and 17th, there's Newmarket as well. So there's no excuse. Lots of things to look at, lots of people to get involved with. And, um, yeah, looking forward to getting bigger and better every year. Well, thank you very much, uh, Richard, for spending time with me this afternoon. No, delighted and looking forward to, like you and all of us, getting involved in yet another National Racehorse Week and looking forward to years to come. Many thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.